Good morning. Calvary Chapel, Richmond, Virginia. Nice to be in the South. I'm all the way from the great country of New Jersey. Let's start off with a game. Anybody here like games? I like games. All right, so if you want to say yes, go like this. I'm going to ask you some questions. If you want to say no, don't do anything. Just silence. Okay, you guys ready? All right. Good job. I like that. First question. Do you love Jesus? Good. That was a gimme. Second one. Do you love Calvary Chapel, Richmond? Good job. You heard that, Pastor Tim. Next one. Do you think I'm fat? Okay, I'm sucking it in. I'm trying. All right, now we can let it out. Thank you. Thank you. Next question. Do you think you have potential to help build the church? Good. Think about this one. Do you think you're living up to your full potential to help build the church? Hmm. Appreciate your honesty. So this morning, I want to give a message about are you living up to your potential to help build the kingdom of God? Any bodybuilders in here? Anybody? Not like that. Kingdom bodybuilders to build the body of Christ. Any bodybuilders in here? Kingdom bodybuilders? You can raise your hand. That's right. So you don't have to go to the gym every day to be a bodybuilder. You go to God's gym. Potential in the dictionary, it says qualities or abilities that may be developed and lead to future success or usefulness. Tell your neighbor, say, you have great potential. You have great potential. Tell another person, you have great potential. It says potential is the ability may be developed and lead to future success. In the Latin, the word potential is potentia, and it means power, might, force. Now get this. Figuratively, it means authority or influence. You have the potential to influence nations, generations, demographics, countries. God's already put it in you. So the first step today that I want to talk about Some might say first point, but because we're going to be talking about taking a step, this is step number one. In order to reach your potential, you have to step out in faith, right? But why? As I was preparing this message, and I said, but why? You know, you always got to think, why do you have to step out? Why do we even have to reach our potential? Here's why. There's three billion non-believers in the world today. It's a dark and dying world. If we don't step out, chances are they might never get saved. We have to make disciples. You want the good news or you want the bad news first? Bad news. Okay. The bad news is you're commanded to share the gospel. Now you want the good news? The good news is you're not commanded to make converts. That happens. That's God's job. See, our job is to step out. We're being obedient. God's responsibility is for outcome. Let's open up our Bibles to Ephesians 3.20. Ephesians 3.20. 
Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within some people in the church to accomplish if, what's that? Yeah, that's right. It's not some people. All right, I'll try it again. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within only the leaders in the church to accomplish, am I getting something wrong? Now here's the correct version. It's not only some people in the church. It's not only the leaders. It's not only Pastor Tim. It's not only Trevor or whoever else is a leader here or people that you might see on TV or somebody that wrote a book that you love. It's not just them. When you step out in faith, you have potential because here's where that power comes from. Through his mighty power at work within us all. Some people, not some, us all to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. See, maybe you can identify with these people in the Bible. They didn't feel like they can reach their potential. Do you, did you ever have a thought before and you felt like, I can't do it? Just raise your hand. If, if something came to mind and you felt like, I just don't have the potential. I can't be the next Michael Jordan. You know, I, I, I can't, you know, do it. I'm not going to be the next Paul. All right. But listen to these people. They were in the Bible, and they didn't feel like they were qualified. When God called Moses to free the Israelites, did he say, oh, I'm the perfect man for the job. I'll just step out. No, he said, I'm not stepping. He's like, he protested, I can't speak well enough. All right, and then how about Abraham's wife? When she was promised to have a son, she said, I'm too old. And Jeremiah, he was told to go and prophesy. What did he say? I'm too young, right? Well, maybe you think because those people are in the Bible, it's, it's a little hard to relate with them, right? Let me give you some real-life people. Now, they were real-life, but, you know, just several years ago, some people that you might be familiar with, too. This person, he was told that he was not creative enough. He worked for a creative marketing agency, and they fired him as boss. He went on. He had five bankruptcies, but he didn't give up. Say, don't give up. Say, step out in faith. He went on to start the world's most famous theme park. This person is Walt Disney. Disney. All right, this guy, he's a football player. Anybody like football? I know Pastor Tim likes football. He's a Miami Hurricanes fan. So any other football fans in here? All right, good, good. I'm a football fan too. I love football. This person's a football player. He was told that when he was coming out of college, he was too skinny, he was too slow, he couldn't throw, and he'll never be a pro. He went on, he now is, has the most Super Bowl wins of any quarterback. This person is? Tom Brady. Brady. That's right. This is another true story. This person was told that the task was too big for him, that he should think smaller. He didn't know the culture. He didn't know the language. And besides, he needed to put his life on hold to pay back his nominal college loans. This person is? Me. And you all have a story, too. And there's been a time where somebody told you you didn't have the potential. The doubters came, and they told you likewise. But I want to tell you, don't count yourself out. Don't let somebody count you out because God has counted you in. And he's counting on you. Because God will use the weak and foolish. He will use the ones that the world do not think should be 
that person to do that particular thing. And they'll say, well, it's never been done before. Well, guess what? God can use you to be the first person to ever do it. Luke 137 says, for with God, nothing is impossible. That's the God we serve. Ephesians 2.10, if you guys can just open up to that. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works for which God prepared in advance for us to do. That's you, that's me, that's all of us. We were created to do good things for the Lord. We're his handiwork. We're not just the crumbs. We're not just the scraps. God chose us. So, okay, step number one, step out in faith to reach your potential. Look at Paul in the Bible, okay? Before he became Paul, his name was Saul. And what did he do? He went around persecuting Christians, right? His job was to kill Christians and to get them put in prison. You know, like, was he not like the least likely person to be chosen to do some things for the gospel? I mean, I don't think your past can compare with his. God can use you. You'd be shocked if you would just step out in obedience. So I want to move on to my next point, step number two. When you step out, opposition steps in. When you step out, opposition steps in. Here's some examples. Joseph, his brothers. David, King Saul, Moses, Pharaoh, Batman, Joker. <laughs> right? Do not give up. Do not give up. Always remember this. When you step out, expect opposition. Bible says count all trials as joy. James Book of Peter says, when the fiery trials come, don't be surprised. Boy, did that take me off guard when I got into ministry full-time. I've been in children's ministry for 20 years. I've been in full-time ministry for the last 10. I was shocked when I stepped out in full-time ministry. I could not believe what people were saying to me and what I was experiencing. But yet, Jesus, he was in the perfect will of God, and he was hung on a cross. When you step out, opposition steps in. But you know what? That was a Friday, and Sunday came. So you might be stepping out on a Friday, but your Sunday is going to come. But you got to stay close to him. Do not give up. Open up Galatians 6, 9. Raise your hand if you're still awake. All right, good. Thank you. Galatians 6, 9. Do not give up. I know it can get discouraging, so many times I wanted to give up. So many times I wanted to throw in the towel and said, I never had these problems when I was a teacher and had a salary coming to me every two weeks. I didn't have these problems. These challenges weren't there. I just want to go back to the easy life. But remember, why do we step out? Because there's a dark and dying world out there waiting for you. You were saved at a cost. Your seat cost something. You know how many people in India wish they could be in this church sitting where you're at? You know how grateful they would be? Whew. Galatians 6, 9. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we do not 
Grow weary, give up, do not give up. You know, I know one time I went to my mentor, and he's a pastor, and I said, you know what, uh, I just don't feel like people in the church are excited about sharing the gospel like I am. Just always had that desire and before God ever sent me to India, and I was complaining to him. And you know what he told me? He said, John, don't focus on the saved, focus on the lost. And I always remember that. You know, we can't look at what everybody else is doing or not doing. And that always stuck with me. Because I thought for a while people didn't think about those things. And now I realize it's not that they don't think about it. It's actually they think too much about it. Open up to Matthew 25, verse 19. I'm going to show you where I get that from. Matthew 25, verse 19. After a long time, their master returned from his trip, and he called them to give an account of how they had used their talents. The servant to whom he had entrusted five talents came forward with five more, and he said, Master, you gave me five, I earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I'm going to give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate. Verse 22. The servant who had received two talents came forward. He said, Master, Master, you gave me two talents to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, good and faithful servant. Jump to verse 24. Then the servant with one talent, he came and he said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid. See, it's not people don't step out because they don't think about the lost. They don't care. They overthink it. And that's one of the things I want to encourage you today. When you step out and opposition steps in, don't overthink it. Rely on God. If he called you to it, believe in his word. That's an opportunity to grow your relationship. Because too many people overthink it. When I stepped out and went to India, it seemed like everybody wanted to tell me why I was wrong. Well, this can happen to you, and then that, and they got this disease, and then these people, they're going to invest it, and then, and it was just like, my, everybody has a thousand excuses. No, when I read the Bible, it says go, and God's calling me, so I'm going to go. I need to step out. This is what he's putting on my heart. So don't overanalyze it. Learn how to take the largest part of your brain and reserve it for all the things of God that you don't understand. Because he says, my ways are not your ways. They are higher. They are above and beyond. Amen to that? Amen. Amen. Okay, let's see what we got here. Now I'll get your attention. Okay. Oh. What's this? It's money. All right, so I got to put in like a preference here as I was thinking about this. So if you were dead broke and you had no money and you were starving, and let's say you have kids and you have kids that you have to feed, who here would want this $20 bill? Please raise your hand. Be humble. Come on, play along with me. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Okay. 
If you were dead broke and you had no money and your kids were starving and you had to feed them, who would want this $20 bill? Raise your hand. Be humble. Okay. If you were dead broke and starving and had no money, who would still want this $20 bill? Raise your hand. Your value doesn't change in the kingdom of God. Whatever you've been through in the past, it doesn't matter to God. He can still use you. Look at Paul. Paul was a murderer to Christians. Was he not a persecutor? He went after him. But there came a day he got saved. Sanctification process started. Then what happens after that? Salvation is not an ending point. It is a starting point. That's where it starts. And then we need to multiply and make disciples. Remember that. Everything that you'll ever be is already in you today. No matter what I did to the 20, it still always had the same value. And that's for you. Everything you'll ever be is already in you today. When Michael Jordan was born, he was already Michael Jordan. Okay? When uh, Billy Graham was born, he was already Billy Graham. But he had to step out in faith. When Paul came and he was a persecutor, he was still Saul that was going to be Paul. Opposition came. Michael Jordan was cut from his high school basketball team. He said he cried like a baby. You think Billy Graham was never scoffed at? They didn't persecute him. He got famous from a guy writing a negative article about him. That blew up his ministry. And look look at Paul. He was Saul. He was a murderer. And God changed him because everything that you'll ever need is already in you now. Amen? So, all right, let me just go through a recap. Point number one, step out in faith. Point number two, when you step out, opposition steps in. And point number three is everything that you'll ever be is already in you. And I just want to... Dude, this is the Christian version, okay? But I want you guys to check this out right here. Oh, the sound's not working. All right, no problem. We don't need it. God has another plan. Say, God has another plan. You got to be ready in season and out of season. Whether it works or it doesn't work. Whether you know what to say or you don't know what to say. But this is what I'm going to close with for this message. Anybody like the story of Paul, how he got saved and God used him? Because he was like the least likely person. I know when I stepped out to do full-time ministry, I didn't feel like I was the best person for the job. I just felt like I was available. A lot of times I questioned myself and I doubt it. And I said, I don't think I have what it takes. I don't think I'm the right person, but I'm excited. Okay, Lord, I'll, I'll trust you. Paul stepped out. Here he is. He gets saved. He gets knocked off his high horse. Keep your ego small and your humility big. Or God will never be able to use you. Keep your ego small and your humility big. So Paul's going around. He got saved, and he starts going to different churches. He's planting a church here. He's planting a church there. But he had people he was with. He was with Barnabas and them. So he was 
He was learning. You have to be around people that are going to teach you. You have to be in the atmosphere in order for you to grow, okay? You're like this. You're like this little egg corn here, okay? Everything this egg corn will ever need to make an oak tree, it's already in it. But it has to be planted in the right place. It has to be nurtured. Paul steps out. He's planting churches. Some say 14 churches. Some scholars say 20 churches he planted. But he was winning like hundreds or thousands of people. Okay, then what happened? He said, oh, I got to step out. Now I got to go to Rome. Says that, Acts 19. He's like, now I need to go to Rome. And uh, Acts 19.22, if you could just open up to that. He sent his two assistants, Timothy and Erastus, ahead of Macedonia, while he stayed a while longer in the province of... I'm sorry, I'm reading 22. I meant to read 19. A number of them who had been practicing sorcery brought their uh, incantation books and burned them at a public bonfire. The value of the books were $7 million. So the message about the Lord spread widely and had a powerful effect. Afterward... so. He was at like the height of his ministry, this guy. He's starting churches. He's moving in the power of God. They're recognizing it. People are getting saved. So the message about the Lord spread widely. Verse 21, afterward, afterward, Paul felt compelled by the Spirit to go to Macedonia. Okay, Uh, jump down a little bit. He said, I must go on to Rome. He knew this calling was there. So see, sometimes you're not going to recognize your potential, and nobody else is going to recognize it. So here's Paul. He's like, okay, and everything's going good in this direction, but I need to go to Rome. So he goes on his third missionary journey to, do you know where? Jerusalem. Okay, it's his third missionary journey. He gets over there. They're like, oh, it's Paul. He's like the man. He's saving all these people, starting churches. Well, then what happens? He gets in prison. Here he is. He's getting ready to go on to his greatest part of his ministry. He can't see it. Nobody else can see it. And I want you to see this today. When you step out in obedience, you don't have to have the full picture. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by? He's going to prison now. You know, the the Jews got him. They're like, we don't want you. He goes to the Romans. He goes to this governor, Felix, King Agrippa. And they're taking him off. And now he gets, he's going on a boat and he's going to go in front of Caesar Augustus. He's like the top person. Caesar means like president. So like President Augustus. And it looks like it's all coming to an end. How sad. But guess what? It was just the beginning. Say just the beginning. beginning. When you step out, it's just the beginning. The opposition came. And he gets into his chambers. And that's when Paul had his most fruitful ministry. Because that's when he wrote half the New Testament after he got arrested. Nobody could see that. He wrote 13 books in the New Testament from when he was in prison right under the nose of Caesar Augustus. Nobody saw that potential coming, but he stepped out. Amen? Amen. Well, guys, I just want to encourage you, step out in faith. When opposition comes in, don't fall down, but be like the righteous man that falls down seven times. Get back up. My final question for you today is, are you living up? to your full potential to help build the kingdom of God.
Only you can answer that question. Because I know your pastor needs help over here, and I know the world needs help. So I encourage you guys, step out, be of use, be of value, be like a servant. Take the posture of a disciple. Don't look for the glory. A lot of times we don't want it. We don't want it. It ain't easy. You know, you want to go up on the platform? It ain't easy. There's a lot that comes with it. I don't even want to get into it. But a lot of people, they don't want that. They don't really know what it entails of. Do what God puts in front of you and be obedient at that. Amen? Amen? Amen. Well, thank you for your time. Now I'm going to transition into share uh, about Love Never Fails International. So I have a little video. If we can just dim the lights maybe a little bit. And if we can play the first video. agents. We are called to partner with God. We are called to be reformers. We are called to get our hands dirty, to not look the other way when the world is in pain and when the world needs us. There are a lot of other good causes you can be giving your dollars and your prayers to, but see, there's none better than giving a child freedom in Jesus' name. Little girls are being rescued from sex trafficking. Little boys are being freed from child labors. Today, because of Love Never Fell International, children have a new hope. Why do we pray so fervently and plan and build so enthusiastically? Why do we work all year to earn a living and then give it away extravagantly? Because we have been greatly loved by God. We have been blessed to be a blessing. We've also learned that when you give a lot, you get a lot back, and sometimes you get more than you gave. See, an education can take a child where we can never bring them, but so can Jesus. children is not just a campaign for us it's what we do when you give to love never fails international you're setting a child free and spreading the good news of jesus christ and this is the mission of love never fails international Praise God. For a couple at your church that stepped out in obedience, Liz and JB, would you guys just stand up? If anybody knows this couple, they know that they have a heart to love on people, right? They have the gift of hospitality, and they were obedient. I really don't think I would have caught my calling if they weren't obedient to step out in faith. It was because of them when I was in tough times and was down and out and would go to bed at night crying. The day invited me over, 
and loved on me, that love of Christ. And JB picked out a movie that I thought was the dumbest choice out of the hundred DVDs he had. And God anointed that movie, Slumdog Millionaire, and used JB and Liz to commentate through it. And this video was made because they stepped out and they were obedient. Thank you, guys. We live in a society in America where it's about compare, consume. We go on social media, compare, consume, discard. Studies show 50% of everything we buy, we throw out in six months. These little kids in India, they have nothing compared to us. Nothing. But you know what? Those little kids in India, they can help us. And that's what Love Never Fails International does. We connect those children with people like you. Because you can have a life that is full or you can have a life that is fulfilled. There's a difference. And when you sponsor a child through Love Never Fails, you have purpose. And studies show people that have purpose, they're happier, they're healthier, and they're even more productive. And that's what these little child can give us. It's kind of funny how a child with nothing can help a person that has so much. But that's just God's ways. Three-fourths of all the children in India will either live, and three-fourths is 300 million. 300 million children will either live in severe poverty, sex trafficked, or child labor. That's almost as much as the whole country of America. 47% of all marriages in India are child marriages. Here's the problem with that. When a little girl gets married at a child, number one, she loses her childhood. Number two, she loses her education. Number three, she loses her identity. Have you guys ever heard of a jogany? A jogany is a temple prostitute. There are over 450,000 of these little girls that are temple prostitutes in India. Wives actually send their husbands to go and have sex with the little girl at the temple. But there was one jogani, she did something unheard of. Because when she hits puberty, before that they go in and the men can have, you know, do the, I just noticed there was a little kid there, but they go in there and they can do what they want with her. And um, this little girl, she came of age when they hit puberty now they get bid it to the, they get auctioned off to the highest bidder. So this little girl, she got auctioned off, and she said, no, I'm not going to be your jogany, and she ran to her home. Well, the guy ran to her home, kicked down her door, ripped her out, and started to beat her with a group of men until one of our staff came up and broke it out. This works me up. This works up God. This is what happens when we step out in faith. Because Love Never Fails International, we, our mission is to rescue, is to protect and raise children in India in Jesus' name. We now have 20 children outreach centers. Each week, over 600 kids are served to meet their needs physically, emotionally, and spiritually. It takes over 50 staff, indigenous Indians, to run this organization. And since 2010, we have ministered the gospel of Jesus Christ and met physical needs to over 30,000 children. 
We have centers all over the country. Not many organizations have an opportunity to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ in the most unreached country in the world. One billion non-believers. It's almost 20% of all the non-believers live in one country. And we have centers strategically placed. If you don't know India, we have them in Mumbai, Nagpur's in the middle, Arissa, Calcutta, Delhi, and unreached villages in between that have no church because we are the church. Amen? Amen. And our vision is to multiply these little kids, just like an eggcorn. You know, this eggcorn has so much potential in it. And one of the really cool things I like about it, it can grow up to be an oak tree, just like a disciple. And they bear fruit. Because, you know, this is actually considered a fruit because it has seeds inside. One, two. And the Bible says that we need to be fruitful and multiply. You will know a Christian by their fruit. Well, Christians make, yeah, that's right. Shepherds don't make sheep, right? Sheep reproduce. Yeah, he's ministering to you. But you can't depend on him to bring everybody to the church. That's your job. Sheep reproduce sheep. And just like these children, we'll reproduce more children. And this is our vision to see the kids multiply. kids can spread out all over the country and share the gospel. They're not going to have the opposition as somebody like me that would go there or you. God can use them in amazing ways. I want to give you guys an opportunity to come visit the work. We do regular mission trips. We're actually accredited with uh, SOE, Standards of Excellence, for short-term mission sending. And you can come in uh, July 2020. You know, please pray about it. Opportunities there, it's 2,500. That includes pretty much everything your flight, your meals, your lodging, your training will help you do fundraising. If God puts it on your heart, would love to see you guys come. Um, I know we have a couple people from North Carolina. They just emailed, they're interested. We have an interest meeting on November the 14th. You can join us on Zoom. So if you contact us, we will give you the information. And the three C's of LNFI, this is how we break poverty over a child. We need to make sure these things are in line. The first one is condition. That's like meeting the basic necessities, food, clean water, and clean clothes. Two, circumstance, safe place to hang out, place to be educated, place to nurture and grow. We have to provide this. The third C is Christ. You know, we can provide favorable conditions, but if we don't provide Christ, and if they don't have, if they're not discipled, then the hurt remains. The humiliation remains. The unforgiveness remains. We're ECFA accredited for financial transparency. We keep all of our finances on the website. You know, you want to know what an organization's doing with the money before you give. You have to be wise these days. And so we're accredited with them. They're a big-time organization. 91% of all the money that comes to Love Never Fails goes directly to the children in India. And now I want to share a quick video of a little girl named Gladys.
My name is Gladys. Uh, can you tell us what would your life be if you uh, never got to know about the students? It would have been really bad means my mother would have sent me for work. I would have not had school to study. And I would have been on the roads just walking like that now. And otherwise it, my mother would have not that much cared for me also. Because I was not that good because I didn't know anything. So it would have been so bad. a little bit not so much but living without her I feel a little bit bad also I was four years old when I joined this mission and my mother had sent me over here it was very sad for me because that was my first time I'm going somewhere else and I cried a lot but when I was used to this mission I became very close to it and I didn't want to go anywhere else leaving this mission. I'd like to say that thank you for supporting me and standing by my side and it has really touched my heart I'm feeling very happy and for the children who are there in Love Never Fails International that they will be blessed and encouraged by what I say and they will like it and in their life they will also do like that only and become something great in their life and So that's Gladys, you know, she has a very tough story. She can get very emotional at times. The best way to deal with little girls that come out of the sex trafficking is it's very difficult to try to rehabilitate them. The best way is protection. And that's what we offer at our centers through our child sponsorship program. Our vision in 2020 is to start five more centers strategically loaded, located in pockets where these kids are at. Okay, and we want to reach 5,000 more children in 2020. I know we can do it, but one thing I know is we can't do it alone. So that's why we offer a child sponsorship program. When you sponsor a kid, you're offering them a place to come, okay, a place where they're going to be discipled and get the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're going to be fed. They're going to get clothes, health care, and education. And so if I can just have my volunteers just come forward. I have a card. I just want to ask if you guys would pray for these kids. And if God puts it on your heart, Sponsor them. If God, if he moves, and that's fine. Maybe your job is just to pray. And if you don't sponsor a kid, if you just would kindly uh, drop the card off at the sponsorship table out there in the foyer, 
So let's just have a moment of prayer as we begin to close out. Father, we just thank you for what you've done in Gladys's life and the other children too, Lord, and how you're using this organization, Love Never Fails International, Lord, to be your hands and feet in India, to reach, Lord, the unreached, Father, to rescue and protect and raise these children for you, Lord, to make disciples, to multiply. Father, I just pray that if it would be your will, Lord, that you would put it on a person's heart that would receive this card, that they would sponsor them and build a relationship and pour into their life. And we just thank you for this church and all that they're doing, Lord, and just ask that you would multiply them, Lord. Father, you would multiply the resources, multiply the help here, Lord. Father, and we just thank you, Father, for your place that is a light in a dark world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.